Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. With nearly 80 distinctive stores and a digital cinema, the exciting open-air shopping center in Clinton Township called The Mall at Partridge Creek is going strong. Did you know that Muskegon is the home to the most decorated World War II-era submarine in the Asia Theater? It's the Silver Sides, and you need to walk through this floating monument. As summer takes hold, downtown Lansing and the surrounding area offer fun and interesting experiences for the whole family. And the Ford House, where Edsel and Eleanor Ford lived, has opened a new exhibit called Making It Work. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz for Pure Michigan, and I'm happy to be back with you again this week. We have a really great lineup to uh, talk to today, and I know you're going to want to stick around for the full hour, so I hope you can. Let's start out today's program by heading to, well, actually, I think it's called Clinton Township, uh, the general Detroit area, I guess I would call it. But uh, let's go to the mall at Partridge Creek. Uh, Melissa Morang might might change my uh, definition of the way I've mapped out the mall at Partridge Creek. Let's find out. Melissa, great to have you with us today. Well, hi. Thank you so much for having us. You bet. So Clinton Township, the mall at Partridge Creek. Can you can you tell people a little bit better where about that is? Absolutely. In the heart of Macomb County, right on Hall Road, uh, just a few miles uh, west of 94. So super easy to get to from all areas of the Detroit metro area and even just southeastern Michigan. There you go. Yeah, I could not remember Hall Road. There we go. Okay, so <laughs> this is interesting because um, here here's a mall, a Partridge Creek Mall. You're doing really well. Uh, like a few others in Michigan, so many malls are having problems these days because of online shopping but you have figured it out you have you know great shops you have you know great restaurants entertainment you've you put it all in one tell us about the mall at partridge creek well the mall at partridge creek is so different so um while you say that about other malls the mall at partridge creek can, is so different because we are an outdoor lifestyle center um so what does that mean that means that it's a very park-like setting we um, have a family type atmosphere. So we've got over 80 stores that people can shop at. Um, something for everyone, quite honestly. We've got great dining. We have six great restaurants. We have a movie theater. Um, we actually have axe throwing. Detroit axe is here, which is great. And what's so wonderful, not only because we're outside, you can also bring your dog with you. So we are dog friendly and we encourage people to come shop and bring your dog with you. We actually have Three Dog Bakery that actually mm. is a great store for your dog to actually go in and shop too. That, that sounds great. <laughs> I do think that people are heading back to stores though. You know, we, we were all online mm -hmm. for a while, but I think people miss, 
you know, being there, you know, touching the materials and meeting people along the way. It's a social, ex- uh, you know, uh, example of, of what we do, what we need to do as people to, to be together as well. So completely good, agree. Yeah, it's, it, it's really a sense of community, um, especially here being in the heart of Macomb County. We really um, are a sense of community. It's, it's just a great atmosphere to come out and, and shop outside and, um, you know, like I said, you can do dining, you can do a movie, you can grab a drink, you can dine on the patio of any of our restaurants that we have, but then also great shopping, too. We've got great brands and a wide array of uh, shopping uh, retailers. Yeah, nearly uh, 80 stores to choose from. What, what are some mm-hmm. that, that most people might want to know about? Well, bringing for the family here, um, we have a lot of great brands like Coach and Vera Bradley and Brighton and Pandora. Sephora, American Eagle, and Buckle are great for your teens and college-age um, students. Um, and then we also have the Sioux Club and Jay Barbero and L.L. Bean and hmm. Eddie Bauer for that active uh, outdoor enthusiast. And um, so a lot of great brand name stores, but like I said, also um, our dining. So six wonderful restaurants all have patios to enjoy the outside summer season. Um, And then also the entertainment piece of it. So it's really something for everyone um, in terms of retail, shopping, and uh, all price points too. So um, that's a, it's a great offering for those it, that want to come out. And well, we've got some great new stores. I was just going to say, I, I've heard you have some, some new stores uh, coming in pretty soon. Can you tell us the names yet? Absolutely. So we have Box Lunch. That is opening uh, in June. Um, so we're excited about them coming. And then we also have um, JD Sports is under construction right now and opening sometime this summer. Um, and we're excited to bring them on as well. Well, I love that you have the Cinema 14 there as, as part of the mall at Partridge Creek because I'm not a shopper, but I like the environments. <laughs> and then, you know, I'll go to the, the, the movies and really enjoy it while the rest of the family goes shopping. Um, and, and you offer other events there, some kind of special events. Uh, can you tell us about any this summer? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I want to tell you about a great amenity while your family is shopping. If you're not a shopper and you want to go, you can either go see a movie, but we also have two outdoor TVs and we've got benches and chairs right in front of those TVs for uh, those people that don't like to shop and are waiting for their family. Nice. That's (laughs) cool. Just wanted to let you know that. Um, But of course, the movie theater's there and there's um, some great new movie blockbusters coming out this summer too. Um, But we are a family-friendly mall and have a lot of great events coming up. Um, so from Summer Sounds, which is our uh, summer free concert series, um, and it's every Friday and Saturday nights and Sunday afternoons. Um, so we encourage people to come out. It's in center court. It's all different kinds of genres of music every weekend, local bands, um, and people come out and Uh, sit and watch some great live music and maybe get up and dance a little too. We call it retailtainment when you uh, provide all that great shopping along with entertainment, great restaurants. It's, It's just a great idea. I know you'll enjoy visiting the mall at Partridge Creek. If you'd like to find out more, go to the website first, shoppartridgecreek.com. 
Com. Our thanks to Melissa Morang for being with us today. And next, we're going to head to Muskegon, my hometown, to talk about the USS Silversides Museum. That's next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. When you travel around the state of Michigan, there are a lot of things that you might be looking for when it comes to, you know, the heritage and culture of the state. Uh, we're, you know, we were obviously and still are a lumbering state. We're a mining state with all that copper that came out of the uh, the Keweenaw Peninsula and other materials. We're all obviously a uh, you know, a, a manufacturing state, especially with automotive. Well, we're also a port community state because we're in the middle of all of the uh, the Great Lakes, of course. So this this maritime flair is a really important part of, of our culture. But it's not often in Michigan that you have the opportunity to see and uh, actually go into a historic submarine. You can do that in Muskegon at the wonderful USS Silversides submarine. Let's find out what it's all about by bringing in Beth Ann Egan. She is the executive director of the one and only USS Silversides Submarine. And Beth Ann, I'm, I'm so happy that you and the team are, are taking care of this beautiful vessel on the uh, waterfront there in Muskegon. It's a really special uh, submarine. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of that submarine, even though I know the museum offers so much more? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, first of all, for for having me. And there's such a, a rich history here in Muskegon. It's absolutely amazing. But this sub, you know, Muskegon really fought hard to bring it here from Chicago. So after, you know, a, a long um, and kind of exciting adventure in World War II and after 14 combat war patrols, this uh, Gato-class submarine found its itself in Chicago, Illinois, as a training vessel. And after some time spent there uh, and no longer needed as a training vessel, the thought was, okay, now what do we do with it? So from my understanding, it was really Muskegon who was able to save this vessel and preserve its history and bring it into the beautiful um, Muskegon Channel. So it sits very comfortably between uh, Lake Michigan and headed into Muskegon Lake. Um, and there's just this sense of the the pride, um, the ability to bring this history alive and for individuals to walk the deck that, you know, the men who served did um, during a time that was probably very um, terrifying for them yeah, you know, at that age. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're excited to continue to preserve that history and share it with our community and um, really the world. And uh, the Silver Sides was in the the kind of the um, Asia theater, um, uh, highly decorated. It's it truly is even today. It's a beautiful ship, Uh, just the design. And obviously it was made to be slick to you know, ply through the waters secretively and quietly and, and do what it, it had to do. Uh, it's it's unbelievable when you see it because you can actually go inside that ship, right? Yes. Not only can you tour 
this vessel, but you can actually sleep overnight on our sub. Um, so if you really want to know what it's like to um, try and get a good night's rest on the submarine, you can bring your, you know, youth group, sporting team, uh, really, really any group to come on out and see what it was like to spend the night right next to a torpedo and uh, hopefully sleep quietly, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are opportunities for you to really understand what it was like to walk in those shoes and to sleep in the bunks. I, I've been through it many times. I'm always surprised at how close everything is, you know, kind of uh, close-knit, but also how big that vessel is. When you're walking through, it's like, okay, another compartment, another compartment. How it's many endless. men uh, would have served that, that uh, ship? Oh, I, I believe it was uh, in the 80s. Unbelievable. Yeah. That, now that, um, yeah, that seems like a lot of people for that ship, but yeah. still. Yeah, and you know, I I um I'm trying to think exactly the number, so that might be a little low, but there there are seventy two bunks on that um vessel and you know, it was it was basically um they were rotating. You know, so when when someone was sleeping, somebody was up working and when it was, you know, time to, to shift they would and somebody would then take take a turn in the bunk. So it was this constant rotation for people uh, in very tight quarters, very, very tight quarters. Well, I, and I just had to really start the conversation by talking about that beautiful ship. She is the, the star of the show there at the museum, but you actually do have the wonderful you know, museum on the grounds there, along with the U.S. Coast Guard cutter. Um, seems like there's another the ship McLean. there. That's, yeah, yep. the McLean Coast Guard McLean. cutter. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and that's almost 100 years old, hmm. um, and that was a prohibition boat, so they called it a, a rum chaser um, hmm. back in the day. And then eventually when it was um, moved into World War II, it was a sub chaser. And, you know, allegedly it did sink a Japanese sub, which is just amazing for, for a cutter to um, to achieve that. Yeah, and of course now it uh, is um, at dock there right next to the Silver Sides. It's really cool you can see those two ships. Tell us about the museum itself. Yeah, so we have uh, two stories. Uh, you can definitely gain a lot of knowledge of, you know, World War II, but also, you know, Silver Sides itself, um, what the crew went through, the timeline, um, and then we also have, you know, some local connections as well. You have the USS Flyer story um, and that exhibit, uh, which is which is connected to a local individual, um, Al Jacobson. You also have our exhibit on Joe Byerly, um, Jumpin' Joe, and uh, we'll be celebrating that later on this, this summer. Um, it's his 100th uh, birthday, and so we'll have a nice little birthday celebration for Jumpin' Joe this year. Um, but you can you can see artifacts, you can see uh, the history, and really really get a sense of what World War II was all about. And you have your permanent ex- exhibit. I know you bring in temporary exhibits from time to time. Uh, what do you have on this summer that we should look forward to? Yeah, we're working on several exhibits actually, and um, I can't unveil everything yet. But we are looking at bringing a 9/11 exhibit as well. Uh, If you think about that one, you know, there are kids today that were not around for 9-11. And just like World War II, the the generations are separating more and more and don't necessarily have that knowledge. And so any kind of military history or what our our country has been through, 
we want to highlight. And so that's a great opportunity for, for us to kind of bridge that gap there too. Well, I know that taking care of just the silver sides itself, you use a lot of volunteers. And I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of work uh, just to keep that ship painted and keep the wood in good condition on the deck and, and everything else. So I'm guessing you, you're always looking for volunteers, especially volunteers that, that have a real interest in uh, maritime and, and maybe in military vessels as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have we have volunteers of all skill sets, right? So there's there's always something to do. We're a nonprofit, so we are always looking um, to bring new skill sets in, and that could be sitting on a committee. It could be dusting and making sure you know all of the nooks and crannies in the sub are clean and ready to go, or in the museum, or on the McLean as well. We also have opportunities for tour guides or greeters, helping in the gift shop, groundskeeping, all kinds of different different things. So if you're looking for, you know, time to give back, you can definitely look at our volunteer opportunities and our upcoming orientation so that you can get better acquainted with what we're trying to accomplish at the museum. I heard you have the Rosie the Riveters visiting this coming summer. This we season. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're going to be here in early July. Um, and so we've got some uh, Rosie impersonators coming out to kind of, you know, showcase a little bit about what they they accomplished and what Rosies are all about. Um, and that's to kind of help kick off our 100th birthday celebration with um, Jumpin' Joe. What a great way to bring in the arsenal of uh, democracy, you know, that, that Detroit area that, that made such a big difference in World War II. And then right there, the Silver Sides, it made such a big difference itself uh, as well. It's all there. Uh, the the USS Silverside submarine is in Muskegon on the waterfront there uh, where the channel uh, connects Muskegon Lake with Lake Michigan. You're going to want to find out more. Maybe give a donation too by going to silversidesmuseum.org. Thanks to Bethann Egan for being with us today. You think you know Lansing, but do you really? We'll tell you all about that next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. And those folks who listen to this program on a regular basis probably know that my office is in downtown Lansing, just about a block away from the Capitol. Travel Michigan is, uh, you know, the kind of the business unit that promotes travel and tourism on behalf of the state. And we're part of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation because travel and tourism is a big part of our economy. And uh, we're really proud to to be seated with the MEDC. And I'm really happy to be in Lansing, not only because it's the seat of power, so to speak, for the state, but it's a great town. I mean, I really like Lansing. And if it's been a while uh, since you've been to Lansing, it's try- it's time to love Lansing and to uh, check it out and to tell us reasons uh, why you should love Lansing as well. Let's talk to Tracy Padat, who is the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Tracy, how are things going? Hi, Dave. Uh, things are well. Lansing's doing great. We're super excited for our 
summer travel season and the opportunity to chat with you today on the Travel Michigan Show. Well, I'm thrilled to see state employees starting to slowly come back. You know, uh, people are, you know, doing this, you know, part-time home, part-time in-office thing. And in a town like Lansing that uh, has so many state employees, it was pretty quiet for a time. But now, you know, everything's starting to look look right and get busy again and makes me happy especially when i go out to restaurants and see people there because you know the restaurant scene in lansing's really good agreed we have tons of diverse restaurants it's home to michigan state university we've got a diverse eclectic mix of residents that have brought the flavors from around the world so our restaurant offerings are surprisingly diverse and sophisticated for a region our size I actually stay most of my time in downtown, but occasionally I get out to the uh, the communities kind of in the greater Lansing area and, of course, to Old Town. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the region um, and, and maybe give us a little little taste of what you find in the various communities around downtown Lansing. Definitely. Well, like we talked about, the downtown core is really the heart of our region and home to the state capital, our large convention center. Tons of restaurants, museums, and attractions. We've got at least a dozen within walking distance of each other. But those surrounding communities um, really provide a great flavor from our smaller, quaint um, old town to East Lansing, which is a younger, more vibrant community, of course, home to Michigan State University. So just driving down Grand River Avenue, which divides campus and the city of East Lansing, just gives you a whole new perspective um, and that youthful vibrance that you might not see when you're in downtown Lansing. So our agricultural roots are um, something that also can be explored within a 15-minute drive of the downtown core. So so much to see and do, really depending on what you're looking for for that weekend getaway, you can find something. Yeah, I, I like to tell everybody um, when we're talking about Lansing that one of the things I love is the Lansing River Trail. It's It kind of meanders along the, the Grand River, and it goes all the way to the MSU campus, which includes, of course, not just the Grand River, but, but the Red Cedar. If you're a runner, a biker, a walker, whatever it is, you're going to really enjoy that. And one of the things it does, it goes by um, the ARIO uh, Museum, uh, which something tells me is going to be very busy this summer. They do. They have a great event. Um, they actually bring in vintage vehicles and have a great car capital celebration out in front of the Rio uh, Transportation Museum right there in downtown. The Lansing River Trail not only stretches past that, but also past Impression 5 Science Center, Potter Park Zoo, lots of parks and gardens. We have a brand new accessible playground that's being built along the river trail, a planet walk, an art path. So there's over three miles of art installations along that 20-mile stretch um, fully of the Lansing River Trail. So it's not just, you know, you can get out and exercise, but you can also be educated, learn, see, and do as you meander your way through the region. Yeah, there aren't many trails you can run on when you look up and you see a giraffe head sticking over a fence at a certain point. It's pretty <laughs> pretty funny uh, there at the zoo. I really, I really love that. Now, I, I believe I've heard that um, the uh, Lansing uh, Visitors Bureau has put together... I guess, like a, a visitor's pass or an experience pass. Can you tell us about that? Definitely. So we're really excited to launch this Lansing Experience Pass. It's a digital gamified pass that you can download to your phone. It'll give you access to nearly 40 locations. Those locations are offering discounts and deals for those that check in at their location. You can earn points while you're there and then redeem those points for prizes. 
So we're really excited to give residents and visitors alike a chance to get out and explore and then actually win prizes and get rewarded for, you know, being an ambassador for our community and really celebrating all that we have to offer. That's that's fun. So uh, lansing.org forward slash experience dash pass is what I have here. So I will check that out uh, very soon. And um because I, I do like to check out all those areas and try to gain some points there as well. So you, you can use those points, kind of turn them in for, for different things? Exactly. So each location has a various uh, point value. So you can continue to collect those points throughout the year. The pass is free to download, but you can continue to collect those points until December. And you can redeem those points throughout the year as you move along. So if you're excited and want to redeem those points quickly, and let's say you just want a decal or magnet, that's only a few hundred points. If you want to wait all summer and be able to check into multiple, you know, dozens of locations, those prizes will be larger, everything from games to T-shirts, service mugs, things along that nature. So depending on your interest and how much you want to see and do will really kind of depend what you can redeem those points for. Nice. Um, I I think that we have one of the most beautiful state capitol buildings in the country. Uh, I get to a lot of places, you know, for work. I've been to many, many states, see a lot of the capitol buildings. Some of them are nice, but ours is really, truly special. Uh, I know they put a lot of money into updating the building itself. And then the last few years, they've been updating, you know, the the grounds. And there's a new welcome center there as well. Very nice. Agreed. Uh, the new Heritage Hall opened last fall to the public. Beautiful facility. They've got lots to see and do as you welcome. Whether you're a student group, or we have a lot of field trips this time of year um, throughout the the season. So we really um, encourage folks to get out and see that capital. We have nine acres of hand-painted surface. I don't know if you know this, Dave, but, you know, back in the day, we really didn't have a lot of money when they built the state capital, and they wanted it to look as ornate as possible. So they took regular pine wood and painted it by hand to mimic walnut or marble. Hmm. And it's just fascinating. And the docents there do a fabulous job of walking groups through, um, really encourage people to get out and take a look if you can. Yeah, if all you did uh, when you get to Lansing, if you didn't have much time, if you just walked into the Capitol building, you know, that that bottom floor, the main floor, go to the rotunda and just look up. You're, it, it is, it's a beautiful place. And you'll see the, the paintings of the governors uh, all around in the circle. You'll see the, the many flags they have on display. That's a that's a very special place, and I think people should head out there just a little bit more than than maybe they do. the The historical museum is not too far away from the Capitol. Is, is that open summertime as well? It is, um, and they are actually a part of the new Lansing Experience Pass, and they are offering discounts on admission. So definitely download that free pass so that you can you know save a few dollars um, if you decide to take your friends and family to the Michigan History Museum. Three floors of interactive exhibits all about the history of our great state. Really encourage folks to get in and check that out if they haven't. You can make it definitely a day of it because you can see the Michigan History Museum and the Capitol um, within the same day and within a few blocks of each other. So you could definitely walk between those two attractions and encourage folks to get out and explore our great state and how we were came to be. Tracy, I, you know, we've been doing our best to try to encourage the travel industry to be more accessible, to think about 
things to go beyond ADA compliance and, you know, just try to make it easier for people with disabilities to travel. And the Lansing area has, I think, done the best that I'm aware of in the country, maybe tied with one other town uh, when it comes to sensory issues. So if you have somebody in your family with uh, autism, for instance, you can still go to Lansing and you can experience many things with the family so much easier than in most places. Very proud of that. Yeah, we're super proud of that as well and worked very hard. We want to be as welcoming and inclusive to our visitors as we can. We were actually named as one of the top cities in the United States for autism families by Accessible Journeys magazine. So we're very proud of the work that we've done there. We've educated and trained over a thousand of our frontline hospitality staff to be mindful of those with neurodiverse needs. We're also the first city in the country to be recognized um, by the new Able Eyes Accessible Cities program. So we've got many, many virtual walkthrough tours of our attractions and hotels and other amenities throughout the region, um, encouraging folks that maybe want to see that facility before they visit to be as comfortable as they can before they make that travel plan. Very, very thoughtful and uh, really, really great to see in our capital city. Uh, to find out more about that uh, Lansing Experience Pass, go to lansing.org forward slash experience. Uh, dash pass and want to thank Tracy Padat for being with us today. We're going to head over to Gross Point Shores next to see the Ford House. It's really incredible. Right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We're going to head over to Gross Point Shores next, just a little bit east of downtown Detroit, a little bit north as well. And why is this a place that you might have heard about? Well, it's where the Etzel and Eleanor Ford House is, the Ford House. It's an incredible place, and to find out all about it and about a new exhibit, that's on display now. Let's bring in Lisa Worley. Lisa, I think you have the most interesting title of the day. You are Director of Material Culture. That's cool. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's thank neat. you. So um, what does that mean? Sure. It means um, our department is in charge of all of the historic interiors of the various buildings, all of the furniture, decorative arts, all the collections, the archival material, we do research, conservation, interpretation, and exhibitions. Well, that's impressive. It, that, and, and I would see why you would need a team for all this, uh, because I've been to the Ford House many times. It's truly a beautiful place. We're going to talk about the exhibit, but first, tell us about the Ford House itself. Give us, kind of paint a picture for what it's like. Uh, Ford House sits on about 87 acres of land uh, right on the shores of Lake St. Clair. Originally, when the Fords moved in in 1928, they had over 120 acres. The family lived here until 1976 when Eleanor Ford passed away. And since 1979, we've been open as a historic house, um, a private residence, but furnished with original art and furnishings that Eleanor left to uh, for the public benefit. Um, nice. We do great events like concerts um, and educational programs like paint outs and tours for school kids and we do things like uh, changing exhibitions in our new visitor center 
Nice. It, it, it's really a, a great place. Really well worth the trip. You need to take the tour. It's it's really cool to see how the family lived and even like the kids' rooms, how different they are from the rest of the decor of the home. It, it's very interesting because, yeah, they were just people too. And even though they were, you know, some of the, the wealthiest people in the world at the time, it's it's very interesting to see how they lived as well. And obviously part of that was they lived with a whole bunch of people who helped keep that estate up. I know you have a new exhibit called Making It, Making it Work coming in. And it's going in this space that I, that, uh, I was uh, visiting a little while ago, checking out. You had some really cool cars there. But now you have the Making It Work exhibit uh, coming into play. Tell us about that. So the Fords obviously lived here for a long time. Um, The family was sort of small, four children, uh, Edsel and Eleanor, but with such a large estate and so many buildings on the property, obviously they needed help to keep these things running, to keep the estate running. So they had everything from uh, maintenance people who made sure the boilers were running and the mechanical systems were up in the house, um, you know, pool people out at the swimming pool, cooks, maids, uh, gardeners to take care of that 120 plus acres of land, um, chauffeurs, mechanics for their cars. Uh, so anywhere between 20 and 40 staff members, but some of them actually lived at the estate. Um, unmarried women had bedrooms on the staff wing of the house, of the main residence. And then there were some families. So uh, the gardener, his wife, and some of his children lived in one of the cottages. And the chauffeur, his wife, and children lived in another one of the cottages. Well, it must have been interesting, you know, for these mm-hmm. these workers, many of whom actually, as you say, lived on the property, and they would see Etzel and Eleanor Ford, the rest of the Ford family, um, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, do you do you get a feel through this exhibit of how how they felt there? Did they feel welcome? Did they uh, feel like they were in effect part of the family? Things like that. Yes. So one of the really cool things for this exhibit is we put together a short uh, film, but we use uh, audio oral histories of some of the former staff who worked at the estate, as well as some of the children who grew up here Mm. as, you know, children of the staff. So you get this really great view of how they felt about being here, living here, working here, and how they interacted and felt about the Fords. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's something about the Ford family, not only because of their wealth and their success, but they were always in the public eye for yes. many reasons. And, and because of that, that must have impacted the way the employees did their work and, you know, uh, somehow interacted with the family as well. Yeah, this was their sanctuary away from that very public life. Um, so they had a large security team uh, who would protect them. Edsel and Eleanor, they had, you know, extortion threats against them. Before they moved here to the estate, their property on Jefferson Avenue had broken into and jewelry was stolen. There were kidnap threats against the children. Um, you know, so this needed to be a very safe place for the family. And the staff understood that and they, you know, kept things quiet um, and they just made sure that they were here taking care of the estate, but also protecting the family. I I don't remember if it's a Tudor design, but I know the house was basically uh, designed um, or maybe even brought over from the UK. I don't remember which, but it's certainly in that kind of unique style. 
Uh, did they actually bring people from Europe to work on the estate as well? So the house is in a Tudor revival style, but it is um, designed after the Cotswolds in England and pieces of, uh, of antique houses, like so windows, doors, um, paneling, wood flooring, those were actually salvaged from manor homes in England and brought over and put into the house. But a lot of the staff were first generation immigrants. You know, you think about the time period, the teens and the 20s. There was mass influx of people coming from Europe and elsewhere, um, coming to Detroit to work in the auto industry. And the Fords hired people from Sweden, Ireland, Scotland, Armenia, Romania, Norway, so just all over the place. Well, and you mentioned that there's there are oral histories uh, being presented mm-hmm. in this exhibit. Do you, do you hear from them in, any comments about what they felt about the family or about their unique jobs working for this family? Yes, there are some descriptions about, you know, what their daily tasks, what their daily um, schedule looked like and how they interacted with the family and how they felt about the Fords. Um, So that is definitely included in there. Um, What's interesting, though, is we don't have a lot of information um, on some of the uh, staff. So I've been doing digging into um, like familysearch.org. So looking at immigration records and World War I registration cards and census records. So you can sort of pick out um, little histories of where people came from and where they went if they moved on and, and what was going on with their families at the time. Yeah. Any idea how many might have worked at one time at the estate? Um, I'm trying to think. We have a 1929 uh, Christmas list um, for bonuses, hmm. and there were probably about 35 or 40 people on that. But that they also contracted out work. So sometimes they, you know, quote unquote, borrowed uh, workers from Ford Motor Company to come over and do projects. And interesting, a, a couple of years ago, we got an email from an older gentleman in Denmark, and he said, my father worked at Ford House on the ground. Um. And we could not find any information about him at all, although he had photographs, so we knew he had worked here. Uh, But I found a random entry in the 1920s that said the Fords reimbursed him for picking up other staff and driving them to the estate. Ah, fun. Well, it's just it's such a great place to visit. Uh, You do get the feeling what it must have been like uh, to be Ansel and Eleanor Ford. Um, And that home is so beautiful. The entire state's beautiful. The new Welcome Center is really incredible. So this this exhibit, Making It Work, is now at the Gawkler Point Gallery inside the new Welcome Center. Uh, And that is open to the public without admission, by the way, which is pretty pretty incredible so check it out the website is fordhouse.org you'll get more information there fordhouse.org our thanks to lisa worley for being with us today i can't believe it but it's that time already we've run out of time and i'm looking forward to talking with you next week we'll see you then right here on travel michigan where your trip begins at michigan.org let's go traveling let's go traveling